welcome in. It's college football week seven. It's already been, you know, happening so far this week. We've had Tuesday, Thursday, now Friday night action, but we are here to get you prepped for Saturday on the PFF betting podcast. As always, I'm joined by Anthony Tresh. How are you feeling about this week seven slate trash so far? I mean, I'm going to make the most of it. <laughs> it's definitely right. a little bit less than what it has been in recent weeks. But, I mean, there's plenty to love, um, you know, plenty of value there. And I think, you know, yeah, if the big theme, we talk about it every week, it's just been chaos. I do think right. there might be a few games that could give us some chaos this week. So I'm not going to count it out. Yeah, definitely. I like that as well. Some of my, you know, like we've talked a lot about our approach. I obviously enjoy doing some of the in-game betting as well. Some of the teams that you like, you know, potentially get down a little bit. There are some spots to potentially double down. We did pretty well last week, though, Trish. We got to recap really quickly. Six, three, and one. Depending upon how you grade the Michigan, I'm grading it as a push at minus three. I do think it closed closer to minus two and a half. We both had that. Trish, it was the unders for you, man. You went three, four, and one. Three losses trying to get on the under. None of them came through. But other than that, you know, it was another positive week for our picks. I do feel confident kind of heading into week seven. But let's talk about marquee matchups coming up here. Obviously, the one everyone has circled, Kentucky-Georgia, 21.5-point spread. Uh, it has moved a little bit in Kentucky's direction. I do think it opened up right around 23.5, 22, 22.5, depending on where you're looking at. 44.5 total hasn't moved whatsoever. We actually uh, find a little bit of value on PFF Greenline on both the side and the total, but how are you kind of seeing uh, this matchup play out, Trash? Yeah, I mean, last week, like you said, it was a sweat, but we're going we're gonna to turn the page onto this week. As for Georgia versus Kentucky, you know, you look at Kentucky, where are they successful at? You know, on offense, they're very good running the ball. They actually have the highest successful run rate, you know, when handing the ball off to a running back in the power five. You look at Georgia, you know, that rate's around 54%. Georgia's currently allowing a success rate against the run about 27%, one of the best in college football. I mean, this Georgia defense is rare. I mean, flat out, one of the best we've ever seen, probably the best of the PFF college era. I mean, just physical freaks, athletic, gifted everywhere. My concern is, you know, with that backfield, they're just bulldozers, right? You know, they bulldoze over, over their opponent. But this is a different animal. I just can't see them having as, nearly as much success. Kentucky, that is, in the run game. And then you look at Will Levis as a passer. Um, you know, he's definitely got a big arm. But I do think that he's, you know, very limited. I think some of the decisions he makes from time to time are a little bit suspect. He's prone to be, you know, a little panicky under pressure. And so I, I cannot see a scenario really where this Kentucky offense has a lot of success, but I mean, there are, you know, very much some concerns there with Georgia offensively as well. I mean, also too, with Kentucky's offense, you have Wandale Robinson. I think he's one of the best slot receivers in college football, but right. you look at Georgia's defense, the way they play, they can bracket him with the two high structure. They have one of the top slot corners too. Latavius Brini. It's actually a safety filling in for Techie Smith, Techie Smith. The West Virginia transfer was the highest grade slot corner over the last couple of years there. And then he's going to possibly get some snaps after missing the first few weeks with injury here. So I think regardless, I think Wandale's going to be quite quiet. So this was one where I looked at green line. I looked at what popped in my head initially. I was kind of leaning towards Georgia and I saw green line going towards Kentucky. And whenever that happens, I typically just stay away from the game. <laughs> I mean, that is that is the safest option. I definitely agree with that. That is actually how I approach it as well. I didn't really have a strong lean whatsoever. Obviously, I wish I would have bet Kentucky earlier just based on the line movement. Us still showing value. It was a spot that I avoided because I did think uh, the market was going to move against us. We have seen, you know, 48% of the cash, 62% of the tickets on Kentucky. So it does seem like a little bit uh, of the lean is toward Georgia on the bigger, better side. But I don't think um, it's anything worth, you know, buying into or you know fading 
Kentucky for that very reason. But I lean Kentucky. I think that's the correct approach. I'm also with you. I don't feel confident whatsoever in the over. I just look at it and, you know, you see 21.5 point total over 40 or 44.5 point total, 21.5 point spread. That's a lot of points to cover with not a very big total. So I think one of those definitely has to give. Um, I think maybe you can approach it as a parlay then in that opportunity and try and get a plus payout, which I would lean towards Kentucky in the and. Uh, I guess I don't know. It's a tough I, question to be I, honest at this point. I, I will admit I did get Georgia at 23 and a half. I'm not proud of it, but I did. But I'm not putting any. Sometimes I like to add throughout the week, even with the line movement. And, and right. it's, I'm going to I'm gonna keep off that just because, like you said, you're not confident in it. I'm not too confident in it, but I, I do have a little bit of Georgia. Right, definitely. And I kind of like it where, too, if you have a little bit of Kentucky, maybe it's a spot where if Kentucky gets up early, you can buy a little bit back on Georgia and try and hit a middle. Maybe that could be the best approach, a little bit more risk-averse than having something on the full game. So that's kind of how I like it. I probably lean Kentucky as my favorite bet of this matchup, but we will see. I'm, you know, obviously excited about this game. Not necessarily overly excited about the rest of them. What, I guess, what game do you think is best? I think it's probably going to be Oklahoma State at Texas, right? Rebound spot for Texas, three and a half point spread, uh, a little bit lower total than what I actually expected. 16 and a half point has moved basically towards Oklahoma state. So I don't see too many t- people betters buying into Texas. How are you feeling about this matchup? Yeah, I'm definitely leaning towards Texas in this one. Um, you know, just because I do think that Oklahoma state's offense, they're kind of fake. I would say, I mean, they're, mm-hmm. I mean, I was very surprised to see this because I was watching them. I was like, man, their early downs aren't really that great. So I was looking at some of their early down numbers. They have the lowest success rate on early downs of any team in the Power Five. I mean, even yeah. worse than Vanderbilt, Colorado. I mean, they, they are dead last in the Power Five. Um, you know, this is a team that, you know, is very run heavy. And I think that's just not going to be the way to win. I think Texas's offense, as good as Oklahoma State's defense been, they've been far exceeding my expectations. Very good sound group. You know, Texas is, you know, number two in um, offensive efficiency in the Power Five this season. Um, you know, Steve Sarkeesian's offense, you know, very successful in, with run-pass option usage, um, the usage of motion, you know, creating mismatches there and giving receivers opportunity to make plays after the catch. I mean, he's one of the, I think, the best play caller in college football right now. Um, and so I do think with the, that offense there, I think that they're going to be able to pull away, and I'm more confident in them being able to, you know, go drive for drive and put up points as, right. you know, versus Oklahoma State. So I'm leaning Texas in that regard, and I do have a little bit there. But, again, it's not one that I would say um, it, it's a lock by any means. I'm kind of in the same boat there with that pick as I am with Georgia and Kentucky. have some a little bit of it on that side, but nothing I'm absolutely hammering. Right, definitely. I mean, that is kind of the take at this point, right? Because the market's kind of moved against you, uh, and it is a spot where, you know, Green Line is on the other side. They do like Oklahoma State as well. So it's another spot. I think I I haven't bet it yet. I basically have only had five bets. I don't love this lady. The kind of like we talked about last week, uh, there hasn't been a ton of betting opportunity, which is a little bit unfortunate because college football betting has kind of been carrying me uh, so far this year. But and maybe, maybe like you said, there'll be some more spots to hit some in-game lines uh, on games that aren't necessarily, you know, are a little bit out of whack to start to say the least. But let's see. We I think we got, what, two more SEC showdowns. We got Auburn at Arkansas, Florida at LSU. Are there any of these two matchups that you've bet so far and how you kind of see in uh, either one of these play out? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, again, I, I with these two, I'm kind of staying away from them. Um, you know, I do think that there's some intriguing matchups here, um, you know, with Florida and LSU because, I mean, I, I think LSU, they're firmly on the hot seat coach over there. Um, they definitely struggled last week. was a little bit of a letdown for them. 
Um, you know, the, the against Kentucky, they could not stop the run at all whatsoever. Um, and so I think with, with all of that kind of going into it, all the injuries on the defensive side of the ball, you know, you have Eli Ricks out for an extended period of time, edge defender Ali Gay, in addition to uh, All-American cornerback Derek Timmy Jr. still not healthy. So, you know, I, I just can't really see LSU, you know, making this too much of a tight game. But, you know, there's also some vulnerabilities there with Florida as well. So, you know, I could not, I would not be surprised to see them cover in this one, but I'm staying away from that one. I do think that eventually I'll be going to buy into Auburn um, against Arkansas. You know, I do like Arkansas's defense a lot. Um, but I, I think them being favored by four and a half, even at home, you know, I, I think that's a little bit more in Auburn's favor. So I do think that there's some value um, on the Auburn Tigers. I think my biggest concern would, as always, when I'm betting Auburn is um, quarterback Bo Nix, you know, whether or not right. he can be a little bit tamed. But, you know, with some of his play, you're going to get volatile, you know, volatile play overall. So, you know, I, I think, you know, by, by the time kick kind of happens, I'm going to put some actually after we get done recording, I'm going to put a little bit on Auburn there. There we go. Yeah, I actually have, and I'll admit it, I have a little bit of early Auburn at a worse price, so I did buy into them at plus four. I might have to double down a little bit just based on what you said. I do like four and a half, obviously, a bit more. Market has moved against me. It does seem like everyone's kind of on Arkansas in this matchup. Makes me a little bit nervous, but I do think, kind of like you said, Bo Nix, high volatility. If he plays, you know, in one of those higher up performances, 75th percentile performance or something, I do think Auburn's easily going to cover in this matchup. So I like that one quite a bit. I have not bet LSU yet. We do show just a little bit of value on that at plus 11 and a half. Also like the under in that matchup. I don't necessarily uh, agree with either of those. I will tell you though, this is what I bet my five games and I want to hear your best bets coming up here for week seven. Again, we talked about a little bit light already. I've had some Thursday, Friday sprinkles, but yeah, I have Auburn plus four as mentioned earlier. I do have Arizona State plus 0.5, Minnesota plus 3.5, UAB minus 15.5, and Kent State plus 6.5. Are there any there, Tresh, that you think uh, you're feeling pretty good about, or you want the other side at this at this point? And you actually have we actually have one of the same five best bets there. I love Arizona State right there. Um, right. You know, this is a Arizona State defense that plays a significant amount of man-to-man. They they've actually done a really good job of not allowing open throws. Actually, the lowest open target percentage allowed. Um, against other Power 5 offenses among the Power 5 defenses um, in college football so far. Um, and Cam Rising, the Utah quarterback, since Charlie Brewer left the program, you know, he's, he started off with a couple of sub-60 performances against San Diego State and Washington State. Played pretty well last week against USC. Um, but I, USC, I mean, it was mostly his own attack, and there were a lot of open throws for him, and I thought he made good, quick, decisive decisions. I just don't think the windows are going to be that big for him against Arizona State, and I'm a little bit more confident right. in Arizona State's offense. I've been really happy with what they've done on the offensive side of the ball, kind of limited Jaden Daniels as far as his downfield throws because that was kind of the biggest weakness, right? He wasn't the most accurate quarterback downfield, but they've been employing, you know, a very heavy emphasis on the run game and an underneath passing attack. And, you know, every once in a while, you're going to have a big play leak downfield because of that, that, you know, people playing close to the line of scrimmage. So, I, I like Arizona State in that one. I actually got them, um, you know, money line on that. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this looks pretty much like a no-brainer. Sportsbook's 
isn't available on your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Min $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. NFL Week 5 is in the books, which means PFF has data and grades for every single player who logged a snap last week. What can you get with a PFF subscription? All of PFF's locked article content, PFF's NFL and college football betting dashboards, our grade power projections, cover probabilities, and betting values. 0 to 100 grades of every single player, including the top rookies on every team. Player prop tool with which shows plus minus value for every NFL prop and so much more. Check out the highest graded players from week five and look to find early value on spread picks and player props for week six. There we go. You got to love the money line that one. Yeah, basically at that point, it has flipped to the other side. I do think there's negative uh, 0.5 now on the spread. So yeah, basically grab the money line. It's neither here nor there. I guess some of the rest of my picks haven't necessarily moved in my direction. I basically got closing line value on Arizona State. Uh, and got closing line value on UAB and Auburn, Minnesota, and Kent State have all moved against me. So those may, maybe instead I'll just like condense my action a little bit more, uh, get on those ones a little bit heavier than what I would normally be early in the week. But we will see. So what what else do you got? I know you got Arizona State, Trash. What else are you feeling uh, for week seven here? Yeah. Um, so the other four I have for my top five, and honestly, I'm not going to lie, it was a struggle to get this top five. But right. I think my favorite play of the week, um, Purdue at Iowa. I like Purdue. I'm getting 11 and a half, and mostly it's just because, of course, Iowa's offense, it's not the best. It, that defensive unit, who's one of the best right behind college or right behind Georgia in college football, you know, I think probably the most impressive defense considering what, you know, they have to work with. Their top five defensive backs consist of, you know, three three-star recruits, a two-star that took a gray shirt and a walk-on, and yet they're the second highest graded coverage unit in the country. Um, but one of their top defensive backs, outside cornerback Riley Moss, he is out for the next couple of weeks due to a knee injury. He celebrated against, or after suffered uh, after celebrating a pick against Penn State last week. Now they have Terry Roberts, who's been there for four years, but you know he's only played under 100 coverage snaps in his career. Stepping in for Riley Moss and you know Jeff Grom, he loves to target weak spots and defenses. He's actually targeted a single defender, you know, over 10 times in a single game, seven times since 2020. Um, which is the most in the Big Ten of any offense. And so I think that we're going to see Milton Wright, um, actually a former four-star recruit, turn down to Bama to go to Purdue. I think that they're going to you know, really test Roberts with Milton Wright there because that's going to be the matchup. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a big play leak out or two. Um, is this a trap game? It could be. I'm not going to say that. But as far as this picking and it's a spread, I like Purdue um, just because I'm not confident that Iowa offense either with that uh, little weak spot on the defense. And I also like Texas Tech. Um, minus 17 at Kansas. Kansas, of course, right. I mean, they just have not been anything offensively as of late. Um, you know, Jason being the quarterback, 57.4 passing grade, lowest success rate in the power five. I just can't see them, you know, really putting up any points, even against a shaky Texas Tech defense. And then for my other two, I, I'm a little bit nervous about this one, but I'm confident enough to, of course, put it in my top five. Ole Miss minus two and a half going at Tennessee. And then, oh, a, uh, yeah, Kansas State plus six and a half home against Iowa State. So those, those are the last two in addition to the Arizona State one we talked about just a minute ago. You ride a Matt Corral another week. I love to see it, right? I mean, it's time. I, right? I do like that. 
Yeah, they have been disappointed. Greenline actually has a little bit of value on Tennessee's money line in that matchup. I don't I don't like that either. I do think I do think Matt Corral and Ole Miss is gonna get it done here uh on Saturday. I'm excited for that matchup too. I think that I was I was gonna make that another marquee game, but I thought it might not make the cut, so we'll see. But I do think that one's gonna be pretty entertaining. So I yeah. like that selection quite a bit. So we will see. I gotta get I gotta get one more one more answer out of you before we take off here. I wanna know, obviously shake up a little bit at the top of the college football playoffs and our season simulation. We have Georgia, 26% chance to win the college football playoff. Alabama, 23%. Oklahoma, 17%. Ohio State, 12%. Iowa, 10%. Cincinnati, 5%. Are you betting on any one of those six teams specifically to win the college football playoff right now? Yeah, it's definitely tough. I'm definitely not betting Georgia, that's for sure. The market is really high on Georgia. If I had to pick who's going to be the national champion right now, I'd probably lean Georgia just because I don't have confidence on a lot of the offenses to really beat that defense. But there's not value there with where they're at in the market. I do think that there is some value there, you know, with Oklahoma, um, just okay. because they they do have a high ceiling. They haven't been performing as well as of late, but they have an easier schedule down the stretch. I think that they're they're kind of let's say they're not ever a shoe in to really make the college football playoff because as we've seen from the season, anything can happen week to week. But you know, plus sixteen hundred there. I think there's some value um, to be had that they could possibly, you know, if they figure some things out offensively, make a chance there. So I wouldn't, you know, bet the farm on it by any means, but it's something to, you know, get a little sprinkle on. That's for sure. Sprinkle. I love the sprinkle idea. I already have a little bit of Oklahoma. I think I might be doubling down a little bit more here. I love it. So we will see. Everybody enjoy your week seven best bets. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. Of course, you know, like we said, maybe not the greatest slate, but it offers some betting opportunity, and that is all we can really ask for at this point. So from Ben Brown, joined by Anthony Tresh, we appreciate you guys listening to the PFF Betting Podcast.